Episode three of the Bricklayers. Um, I know it's been a little over a week since since we've met. Um, I know you have all been, all twelve of you have been waiting so graciously <laughs> for for this episode. But start off, uh, Zach, how are you feeling? I know you've been sick the past couple of days. Feeling better? Yeah, yeah, I'm back to normal. Had to push this off a few days because I'm back to normal. But uh, yeah, no, I'm doing good, dude. Yeah, so I went to the uh, Celtics practice facility today. I know you saw that earlier. I did. How was that? And how did we? How did you manage that? Um, so I coach, I do some like youth coaching at the YMCA in Brighton. And we do like, ju- we have a junior Celtics program. And so for like the end of the session, they let uh, all our kids come in and we did like a quick 30 minute practice on the court, got to shoot around for a bit. And then afterwards, like kids could take pictures with uh, one of the trophies is the 86 trophy. So one of birds, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but no, the practice facility was sweet, man. It's like a replica of their normal floor. Uh, it's it's really cool. They got like Gatorade coolers everywhere and everything. Like, I, I heard they have a barber shop in there because like it's yeah. it's right uh, it's brand new. They got a new one like last year. The pre- the practice facility, yeah, opened in June of last year, right? Yeah, yeah, the Red Arback Center, and it's freaking sweet it's just it was so cool being in there uh like shooting threes from behind the nba line like actually having the line there yeah it's awesome yeah it's just you were, it was a cool experience. you were cashing them i bet the nba three hey yeah, i'm telling you it feels a lot better hitting the three from nba range when you have the line in front of you that's true um and I'm, that is pretty cool it was one of the, the 86 trophy um because you know larry bird and then you've been known to be called the five nine larry bird <laughs> Oh, the real quote yeah. printed in the paper when we went to high school. Couldn't. This man was referred to as the five nine Larry Bird, so don't forget that. Quite, a, quite accurate. Uh, yeah, couldn't touch the trophy though, so that was a letdown. But we'll, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. So, um, all right. So uh, we'll start off with this um, this new segment to start the show. Uh, my mom sent me a calendar with a piece of basketball trivia on every day. Thanks, so, Mrs. Gainer. Yeah. Thanks, mom. It's really cute, actually. Um. So I'm going to ask Zach the question every day, and we'll see if he can get it. Um, all right, so today's question is, who logged a record 30 assists in a single game? A, Nate McMillan, B, Jason Kidd, C, Scott Skiles, or D, John Stockton? Oh, I'm, I'm psyched. I, I didn't think I got multiple choice. Multiple choice makes this better. It does make it a little easier, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Skiles. And ding, 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 you are correct. Yes, I, I thought I knew that one, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, well, one for one on the question of the day. Which you wouldn't expect, and, like, out of those group of guys, it'd be Scott Skiles, but. Right, they throw in, like, the three, may have three of the great passers, and then, I mean, Skiles is a, not quite on the same level as the other. The 30 other assists guys. in a game, that's crazy. And he also had 22 points, so that's really impressive. <laughs> And then b- birthdays of people in related to basketball today is Mike Fratello. Pretty sure that isn't that guy like the overseas scout. I don't know. I feel like I should know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a no on that one. <laughs> and then Roddy Bobois, who I at oh 13 God. thought was the next big thing in the NBA. No and, way, Rodrigue Bobois. He was on the Mavs, right? Yep, tiny dude. Oh, he was the man. Well, that was the first time I ever heard 
like wingspan referenced as a trait in a player. I remember he was like six two with a six eleven wingspan. I was like, <laughs> I thought it was over, but he lasted two years. That's a yeah, Roddy. All right, well, what's happened since we last met? Um, the All Star Game. What were your, what were your takeaways from the All Star Game? Did you enjoy it? You a big All Star Game guy? No, I hate All Star Games. Oh, I saw this coming. It needs to, like it's so <laughs> worthless. It needs to be a three on three tournament. That'd be sick. Okay. I have said that that's a great idea. Yeah, I feel like enjoy that. a little more competition that way, but yeah, it's shorter games too. Like the, if it's a close game, the fourth quarter, like last year, it was close in the fourth quarter and that was cool. So like, if you just have a three on three turn, it's like games to 21. People would love that. Oh, could you imagine that one on each hoop at the same time? That would be incredible. Yeah, that would be sick. Um, um no, nah, yeah. I, I mean, I watched part of the game. I'm not gonna lie, definitely did not finish that game. Steph's alley oop was sick, revolutionary. To Giannis, I'm with, yeah, I'm with, I'm with the bounce alley oop movement. Um, yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, now the game stunk. Dunk contest was subpar. Three point contest was subpar. Wow, rough weekend. Tatum might have been the highlight of it. Okay, like, that's best case scenario for the skills competition. Someone winning it at half court at the buzzer. That was a bold move, and I couldn't believe he shot it. And then I couldn't even believe it went in after that. That was uh, that was awesome. But you weren't a fan of Hami Diallo dunking over Shaq? No, that, that was dunk was crazy. dope. That dunk yeah. was sweet. That is but, the whole, that was like the only cool dunk though. Yeah, for the most part though, I, the dunk contest has lost its allure. I think um, the last one that was great was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, and then before that, I don't even know which one I would refer to like before that. Nate Robinson. Oh, I like Griffin. Yeah, I mean, it's like every every like four or five years, a dunk contest is memorable. Right. And then, did you think that Team LeBron was going to win? I know you said you only watched a part of the game, but they were down and out for a while. But yeah, like going into the game, I definitely thought Team LeBron was going to win. Like he drafted the better team. I don't think there's an argument there. But Giannis like was trying so hard that I thought his team would just end up taking it. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, I pretty much the same thing for me. I just, I know at some point LeBron and they were gonna come back, like, but like you said, it's pretty inconsequential. And I think you can't really blame players for not going hard, because like the worst case scenario will be an injury, in a game that doesn't matter, and that segues perfectly into Zion Williamson and his ripped shoe. This game mattered though. I mean. In the grand scheme of Zion Williams' life, did it really matter, though? Like, as far as his, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you ask Zion Williamson, I think he'd say, yeah. Okay, that's true. He's going to get uh, two Duke NC games in his life, and he got one taken away from him. Oh, it was UNC. I honestly shut, I shut the game off after that because... You missed nothing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, that was too big of a bummer for me. I, I'm just really glad he didn't seriously injure himself, but that really put things in perspective a little bit, like... Yeah, uh, with the one and done rule, like he that that could have been his livelihood right there if he really busted it up. Thank goodness he didn't. But I know it's spurring a lot of talk about changing the one and done rule. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, I mean the one and done rule is always stupid. You know, like if people are gonna mess up and leave early, like let them mess up and go straight from high school. Like I feel like they changed it because like Sebastian Telfair and all these people were trying to do it <laughs> and it wasn't working. But it's like like Zion has no business being. Right, but he also he also has that eight million dollar insurance policy. If he gets drafted like seventeenth or lower because of an injury, 
It's eight million bucks. Is that that's part of the CBA? No, from Duke. It's an insurance policy on Zion Williams. Wow. Okay, that's at least good of the university to do that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, like like Zion does it essentially, but like through Duke, he's like, yeah, like I like all the top guys do, because I didn't know there's so much money on that. But yeah, in Zion's grand scheme of things, eight mil is nothing. Um, So obviously, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, uh, that was crazy though. I've never seen anybody (laughs) blow through a shoe like that. Just the the pure force of that man that he can generate. Really, you haven't seen anybody like Zion. Oh, I, no, I don't, I definitely, I sure haven't. I mean, the thing about the one and done rule, though, is like you said, Zion, we've never seen something like him before. It's because he's so physically ready to play in the NBA. Like, he's physically built in a way that he could compete, whereas a lot of the guys who would come out of high school probably couldn't even compete with, like, the lower level NBA players purely because they're not, like, fully grown men yet. Yeah. And I think that, um, I don't think a huge influx of like high schoolers will be declaring for the draft. I think it's just going to be the top tier. Mm-hmm. And then the NBA has that thing now where you can go straight to the G League from high school. Yeah. And, and the top slot is 120 grand is the highest salary you can get now. So that's pretty cool. But the one thing about, I think, scouting that um, the one and done rule that I never really thought about, the, how it will affect the NBA is that instead of just going to like Division One college games or professional games overseas, now NBA teams are gonna have to just go to like random high school gyms and watch. And I feel like that complicates everything. Yeah, but that's what they used to do. It's it's probably easier than what they used to do. Like they had to do you that for Kobe, easy? KG, T Mac, LeBron. Like they're going to random high school games. But now I it's mean, even easier. Like you can find these kids on YouTube in like two seconds. That, that's very true. But I just feel like if I worked for an NBA team or, like, was an executive, it would just be so much easier to, like, have the coaches, like, the the Big Ten or, like, the main – what's it called? The main conference coaches. You have a pretty direct line of communication probably. And it's, like, really easy. And then you got to go to some random high school, start talking to the athletic director and all this stuff. But I have no idea what's going to happen. That's that's probably a few years down the road as far as the NBA abolishing that. Yeah, the sooner the better. I was actually um, right. I was reading I an do article agree. today about how the Clippers are they keep uh they keep sending executives to all these uh Warriors and Raptors games. Like kind of as like a like it's like college recruiters, you know, just like going to games or NBA scouts going to college games. So they're doing it to like so heavily recruit Durant and Kawhi. So it's like wow. you know we're watching you. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen this summer as far as like Kawhi and KD. Oh no, no clue. But I love, I love the uh, college recruiting tactics. I think it's great. Yeah, that is. That's really. That's unique. Uh, that's. I mean, the Clippers are trying. I read a tweet today that said, "Sometimes I, I remember that I'm not a Clippers fan, and that's good because Taylor Swift has more banners hanging in Staples Center than the Clippers do." And that made me really glad I wasn't a Clippers fan. So sorry to any Clippers fan. Here's that. Yeah, um, Steve Ballmer's trying to change that though. I, I like yeah. I like the direction they're going. Yeah, it's it's good. Um, so after the All Star game, the first game back, um, was the or the most marquee matchup in that first day back was the Celtics and the Bucks, 
And that was a pretty good game. But what were your takeaways from it from both sides? Because we got to see Miritich and see how the Celtics got to deal with that. So what do you think? Celtics played well that game. They played really well. Uh, they played they played good defense. Obviously, Kawhi. I mean, Giannis. Obviously, Kyrie couldn't throw it in the ocean. Um, but no, Al played great. Jalen played well. It just it, like they they were in the perfect situation. Like they just needed to be close with a minute left, and they were, and they had a chance to win, and it didn't work out. Yeah, rough game for Kyrie though, right? Shooting wise. Yeah, nine of twenty-seven. Yeah, but I mean, he'll come around. I think um, maybe the more important game, because like you said, the Celtics played well, and it was a one-possession game against the best team record-wise in the East, and that was pretty promising. But the next game, which was in Chicago against the Bulls, was brutal. Did you happen to catch any of it? Yeah, no, I watched that. I'm surprised you weren't there, actually. Yeah, I'm actually super happy I didn't go now because I probably would have been pretty bummed in the stands. I went last year, and they beat the Bulls by 30 without Kyrie, and that was great. But Okay, side note about Bulls games. The last time I went to a Bulls game, I paid $7 for a ticket and $8 for a beer. So, like, I don't know. I just thought that was pretty funny. That beats the but, TD Garden. TD Garden beers are like twelve bucks. So yeah, I had to go with. Uh, I couldn't justify spending twelve on a on a on a um, cup of Stella Artois, so I bought the eight dollar Bud Light, which doesn't feel great. <laughs> but back to the game. That was tough. I only watched the second half. I mean, Levine was absolutely cooking. Mm-hmm. The Celtics didn't look like they were playing super hard. But I think the most important thing of everything was how Kyrie responded to the media afterwards. He said, I just, the one quote that stuck out to me was, um, a reporter asked Kyrie, where do you rank this, or like, where do you put this loss compared to the other ones this year? And he just said, behind him. And that was just promising that he didn't say the young guys need to get it together or this isn't fun. He just said, you know what, I'm going to put it behind me, and I still think we're the best team in the NBA when it comes to a seven-game series. Yeah, that's that's better than uh, jabbing at his teammates. And, like, Kyrie was doing anything he could to try to win that game. Yeah. His teammates just weren't really there for him. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with him taking that a little bit. uh, He's just trying to, like, sweep this under the rug, you know. Let's just get some more games under our belt. The Celts are in trouble, man. I remember I talked to you like a month ago, and you were telling me they could take the Warriors to like six games. You, st- I still believe that, dude. That's crazy talk. I still believe that. Like at their very, very best, sure. But what are the odds they get to their very, very best? Yeah, I'm not saying. But this when I say that, I'm not Milwaukee saying Milwaukee to seven. Like, I think they can beat Milwaukee in a in a, in a playoff series. And you're gonna call me a homer, and I probably sound like a homer yeah, right now. They're thirty-seven and twenty-three. Okay, well, you think the Lakers are gonna miss the playoffs? No, because they're struggling right now in the regular season. I think the Lakers will probably win a playoff series. Win a depending on where series? they finish. Depending where they finish, because if they finish in the eighth seed, it's over. The war the Warriors will obliterate who could, them. Who could they beat? You think they could beat the Nuggets? 
Yes. It's great. I think the they have a better chance of beating the Nuggets high. than beating the Thunder. Yeah, no, the Nuggets is probably who they would have the best chance of beating. The Trailblazers? Of the top teams. You're taking, you'll take Dame and CJ over LeBron? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, not that directly, but like I will take the Trailblazers in a series over the Lakers, yes. Wow. Well, I mean, that's not a, that's not a bad take because the Lakers have looked horrible, so I can't say you're talking crazy or anything. No, but I think the Lakers make it. I mean, they have LeBron on their team, you know? Yeah, exactly. And just why I think the Celtics, I think it will come around. I really do. Because I just think watching them in the playoffs last year, how much they accomplished. I know it's a different team, but it's a different team with Kyrie Irving. And I just think when it gets down to it, I just think they'll be able to get it done. They just have a lot of issues that are all going to have to come together. Like, uh, so I got a tweet that said, can you help me from Pat Heff? At Pat Heff, he said, can you help me understand this team? Because he couldn't. I can't understand it, he said. And I really don't understand them either. So what do you think? What are the issues they need to break down? Terry Rozier playing less minutes? Terry Rozier needs to play less minutes. Okay. I, that pains me to say, you know. I've been a Terry Rozier guy since he was at Louisville. And I think that's the first time I've ever said those words out loud. He just Because I've been trying to cape for him, but it's been so bad. Especially, like, recently it's been worse than usual. Like, he's really not a bad player. And he, he's totally fine backup point guard. You, but right oh, now, Jalen needs to be one. playing more minutes. Kyrie needs to start playing more minutes, which Kyrie is starting to play more minutes. And you got to start getting wins. And J- Jalen Brown needs to be a starter. I'm ready. Okay, so I know we said, I think it was in the first episode that Marcus Morris had earned a starting spot for the rest of the year. Has that changed? Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Even though we both agreed that he earned it I for mean, the rest like, of the year. I'm fine with, okay. One of the Marcuses needs to leave the starting lineup. I'm fine. I think it should be Morris, but if you want to keep Morris in there and bring Smart off the bench, that's fine. Because Smart's energy right. off the bench can be a difference maker. That's true. But instead of having Rozier come in as the fifth yeah, guard, but Morris is slumping right now. <clears throat> he is. He's on a little downward trend, but I think we all had to maybe expect a little bit of that. Yeah, but it's been like it's been over a month now, where it's like, all right, this is isn't just bad? a trend. This is like maybe the new normal. Like I think we got used to the hot normal. Which is fine. Yeah, like we I, expected him to be a bench player, and he's been more than that. But I think if going small ball, Tatum at the four, Jalen at the three, and then Smart and Kyrie in the backcourt, lethal lineup. Yeah, I mean, Morris started off the first three months of the season shooting 48% from three, 41 and 45 on between four and a half and six attempts a game. And then the last two months, he shot 36 and then 32. So he is definitely trending down over the last 20 or so games. And that's a little concerning, but I think you're right about moving Jalen to the starting lineup. Morris can maybe, you know, go back to his bench role. He'll have more open shots. Okay. I'm not sure. I I do think. I know we talk way too much Celtics, but my thing is. I might edit some of that up. My thing is. Like, in any scenario, is Jalen Brown not a top-five player on the Celtics? 
Um, no. Like he's, I mean, he's at uh, – what do you think? Because he's at least I would your say, fourth or fifth best player. Yeah, because it goes Kyrie, Horford. Tatum. Tatum, Smart, and Brown. Yeah. So start the man. Why is he closing it? I, that's, I mean, this has been Brad Stevens' biggest mistake has not been getting Jalen back into the starting lineup. And and, well, and Brad well, Brad deserves a lot of blame. I don't think all of the blame or even the majority of the blame, but he deserves blame. Yeah, he has written. I mean, it's hard to criticize a guy who has improved the team every single year. And this was his first. I would say this is his first season with real expectations. Would you not agree? Yeah, and that's the and keep going, sir. No, it's. I mean, it's just been. Harder to deal with than I think anybody imagined. And it's not that he's doing a horrible job. It's just there's small things make a, a big difference, I think, when you're playing with this level of talent. Yeah, and I will say the most frustrating thing, I think, for Celtics fans is last year there was no expectations. The second Gordon Hayward snapped his leg, there was no expectations. And the Celts blew their expectations out of the water. And now this year there were such high expectations. And it's just like a full reversal and it's just really frustrating to watch. It it is one of the more frustrating teams I think I've ever had to root for in sports. I mean, like you said, expectations were already gone when Hayward broke his leg. And then when Kyrie goes down, there's somehow even less expectations and they still exceed it, becoming one game within the finals. And um then this year they both came back and I don't know what the answers are. It doesn't look like there's a ton of on-the-court stuff that is, like, really bad. I mean, sometimes the defense, the pick-and-roll defense gets gets shoddy, and sometimes they take bad shots. But I think th- that stuff will fix itself come yeah, playoff defense time. Is an effort play. Defense is an effort thing. They have the Definitely. players that can do it. Um, I will say also, if you move Jalen to the starting lineup, I think that helps Gordon because it gives him more chances to make plays, and I think it helps sure. Terry. Which like you need to help those guys because those are two of your biggest strugglers right now. Helps who? Terry. Who's the second Terry. guy? Because now he gets yeah. to run more of the second unit offense instead of watching Jalen Terry every other possession. I was gonna say having Rozier run the second unit might help Terry, but I don't know if it's helping us. <laughs> um, but no, I think this is the last point I'll make about the Celtics before we move on um to maybe some Lakers talk, but. It Terry Rozier has made his impending free agency a very, like, weird, curious case because the playoffs seemed like he set himself up for a paycheck last year mm-hmm. after filling in so well. But I don't want to say he's erased that, but I feel like the public perception of him has definitely changed, and that will influence. Like, I'd agree with because that. he played bad, and I think that will significantly inf- affect his market market value. Yeah, no, I, I would say the same with Morris, too. After the first couple of months of the season, I think we were saying, like, there's no way if he resigns. Like, someone's going to give him big money. But now, I, still think, I think expectations have kind of come down a little bit, where I think one yeah. of those guys is still in play to keep. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting bridge for the Celtics when they have to cross it. I can't wait for the summertime, because there's so many things that are going to happen throughout the NBA. And I'm dying to see mostly the Knicks get two All Stars and return to glory because I'm riding that train <laughs> till the wheels fall off. <laughs> the wheels um, will fall off very quickly. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm even going to. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and then so the Lakers. I know I've seen a lot of talk about people thinking the Lakers will miss the playoffs, and you do not agree? Uh, they very well could. Sacramento's actually, like, really good. I don't think people realize, like, how good Sacramento is. Um, yeah, they're fun. But, <clears throat> like, there, there's a scenario where, yeah, Sacramento takes that last spot. Maybe San Antonio can hold on to it. But I will not bet against LeBron until I've proven otherwise, you know? Yeah. It's So the clip, the Clippers are 8, the Kings are 9, and the Lakers are 10. Yeah, Lakers are three back of the Clippers and Spurs, who are tied for seventh. Oh, right, they have the same record. Um, Yeah, I watched the Spurs-Knicks game today. Don't know why I did that to myself. Knicks won? But the Knicks, the Knicks were cooking. They ended the home losing streak. Yeah. They were on fire. Got to watch Damian Dotson make eight three-pointers. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, the Lakers, though, I don't, I've been terrorized as a Celtics fan by LeBron enough. To not, it's just like Tom Brady. I, I'm not betting against LeBron until he shows me a reason why I should. Exactly. And I don't think he's done that. It's yet. the same thinking of like, is LeBron going to win the East? Like, that's been our thinking for the last five years. It's like, until he proves me otherwise. That's crazy. And now this year, it's the... just like, can he make the playoffs in the West? But I will say yeah. this LeBron's comments after their game last night were ridiculous. He was pulling a Kyrie and just like saying these guys aren't ready, too used to losing. Um, oh, my God. And, I think and the I'm, thing is, they are used to losing. He's talking about, like, oh, basketball should be the number one thing in your life. I'm like, dude, you did not choose to go to the Lakers for basketball reasons. Don't give me that. <laughs> yeah, that was a more – that was a, a family and probably business reasoning. 100%. That was I want to make movies and TV shows reasoning. And he's A&Ring 2 Chain's new album. So – that's key because, you know, you had to know that. Um, but I don't know. It's crazy to see how the flip, the script flipped from the East to the West, like you said. It was a pretty much a guarantee that he would win the East every year. And now he moved to the West, then it's will he make the playoffs. So it's in a, a testament to how good the West really is or how deep it is. Because the top in town in the East is nothing to be – there are forces to be reckoned with. I truly believe that. But after four, the top four teams. Five. I don't think you can discount Indiana yet. They're still good. Okay, that's true. That was very disrespectful. They have been killing it without Oladipo. Mm-hmm. And I love Sabonis, and I love Miles Turner and Thaddeus. Young. Granted, easy schedule right now, but like they're winning right. ball games. But I won't disrespect them. After the top five teams. The, it drops off in the east, whereas the sixth team in the in the west is Utah, and and that's a that's a that's a good basketball team. Yeah, Utah's awesome. I'm a big Utah fan. Um, I think Utah is probably better than every team in the east, except for maybe Milwaukee. I guess I'd throw Toronto in there. Like the west, really? the west is just loaded, man. Yeah, the Jazz I definitely think would be a top. Top four seed. If LeBron was still in the East with this Lakers roster, you think they're top four? He had an Eastern no. Conference schedule. Okay. That's a really hard hypothetical. I will say no because the Nets are – I feel like the Nets would give the Lakers problems. 
Actually, no, I have to say yes. Like I just said, I'm not betting yeah. against LeBron. I think this he supporting cast is arguably better than what he had in Cleveland last year. He would tear up 7 through 15. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, this just, the schedules are so different because of how many you're playing in conference. Right. And LeBron would just, yeah, he'd just feast on the bad teams in the East and Coast of the playoffs like he always did. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, he would have to make it. Um, looking at the bottom of the East, though, the Hawks, you, you managed to watch any of their, any of their games recently? Probably not. Yeah, no, I, I, I like watching the Hawks, actually. John Collins is really good. Yeah, I, they are awesome. I, they're a really fun team to watch, actually. That's my favorite destination for Zion, mm-hmm. but. They have 20 wins as opposed to the Knicks 12, the Suns 11. Yeah, they're not great at tanking, but um, but they they, they have a fun team. Herder's pretty good. Trey Young's a baller. Yeah, he's been been hooping. And I know people are always going to bring him back to Luka Doncic, but, I mean, what does he only have a six? Yeah, I don't know. Trey Young's pretty good though. He's he's been playing great over the last couple months. No, and I like I like what you said about Zion. I think that's the perfect spot for Zion. Zion, that's Trey, it. and John Collins would be a lot of fun. Chase, where else? Think let's let's envision some potential Zion like destinations and what what young cores they could put together. The Suns, Booker, Aiden, Zion. That's pretty fun no, too. No, that's good too. Just still no point guard. Uh, that's true, and that's I Cavaliers. Think, that's I think the biggest issue with Phoenix Booker's just not a point guard, so can't win games. But yeah, he can play. He his minutes at point guard haven't been horrible, but do you really want him bringing up the ball every time? Like that's not the player he is. Like you just said, like it's not that he's bad at it. It's just like, is that really the guy you want? You want him off the ball. Um, Cavaliers, they don't deserve it. it that would be very sad. That won't happen. <laughs> I think that's probably my least favorite of all the bottom tier teams. Yeah. As far as fit. Cleveland has um, no direction. Like what are what are they doing in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean LeBron left them in shambles for being real. Yeah, but you knew he was leaving. I don't know. You, they could have planned for that way better. Obviously the that's whole Kyrie true. forcing of his way out thing kind of derailed that. That didn't help. But yeah. Um and then the Bulls, I think that's actually pretty fun because Zion Wendell Carter and Markinen. Yeah, how many big men you play? <laughs> I mean, I think you can play Markinen and Carter because they space the floor to a good degree. And they're pretty mobile. They're not like sand in the feet big men, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're it, they fit the modern trajectory pretty well. Those two and, and then, Zion at the same time. I mean, I'll play Zion at the three. That would be crazy. The size. You remember when the Pistons traded for Josh Smith? And they started playing them at the three. That's oh. all I can think about. Nah, dude. Oh. The NBA is getting moving towards smaller lineups. I think, yeah, like Zion in Chicago would actually be really cool. I can see that. And I think him and Markinen would fit well. But, like, I think you'd have to move one of your young big men, try to get another guard. Um, I, I like the Knicks now with them, though. I think DSJ, Knox, and Zion isn't the worst thing. I mean, they looked. Uh... They looked pretty good tonight, actually. Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, he's good. He's a he's that, Robert Williams, essentially. Well, that was a great draft pick. I mean, he had five blocks. He's rebounding everything. He's changing every shot. Great rim runner. He was five for six from the free throw line. He, I mean, I've seen him. I like watching the Knicks play. 
strictly so I can hear Mike Breen and um, Walt uh, Fly, uh, what's his name? Walt Fraser, Clyde Fraser. Yeah, it was. I, I so I watched the fourth quarter of that. I loved hearing Mike Breen. I was like, dang, I need to watch That's, more Knicks games. And, right, I, I watched them. I you mean I used to watch them for Porzingis that and just the MSG energy because it is just different. Matt, it is just different there. But now I'd pretty much just watch it for the announcers. But Dennis Smith Jr. looked good. He had double-digit assists. Yeah, no, he's good. And he's I don't know. That was, I mean, I know that's probably not the most typical Knicks game, and by that I mean it was probably one of their two best games of the year. But that that looked good. That was, like, a little promising. But that was their first home win since December 18th. So let me not get ahead of myself. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, yeah, let me not let me not you know bite off more than I can chew uh, with some Knicks stuff. Is there um, a worse franchise in the NBA than the Knicks? In professional sports, in the NBA, like let's say last twenty five years, are they the worst okay. franchise in the NBA? I think Sacramento if you, could give them a run for their money. I was gonna say if you asked me before the draft, I would have said the Kings hands down. But because recency bias is a real thing, and the Kings are over five hundred, I'll say it's got to be the Knicks. You hear that the Knicks haven't drafted someone in the first round to sign a rookie extension since Charlie Ward. You know who that is? No, dude, he won the Heisman for Florida State, but also played basketball. Oh yeah, he was yeah, drafted, cool. drafted in nineteen ninety five, and that was the last guy that they drafted and signed to a rookie extension. So I don't think you can top that as far as um dysfunction and inadequacy. Yeah, they just haven't been good since Pat Ewing. It's it's the worst franchise. And like even the Clippers have had a nice five year run where they were relevant. The Kings yeah, lot, had theirs early two thousands. That's true. Those are that's some of my favorite basketball teams ever. The early two thousands King. Um but yeah Lob City brought the Clippers out of like despair mode i feel like as far as the franchise i mean i don't think you can top what james dolan has been able to accomplish or what he has not been able to accomplish that is tough yeah yeah Um, they need a zion they need a savior yeah that would be yeah a savior like kevin durant um (laughs) who said that no um all right do you want to get into this uh the Vegas win total thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to – here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you how many games they won last year. Okay. And then you're going to tell me how many you think Vegas had them projected for on October 15th. This is Bovada okay. odds, October 15th, the day before the season started. All right. Okay? Yep, got it. Boston Celtics won 55 games last year. Um, 60. Close. 58 and a half. Ah. They would have to go 22 and 0 the rest of the way to cover. Yeah, I think they got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a lost cause. That's crazy. All right. Um, the Sacramento Kings won 27 games last year. I'll say it. Over, under... I mean, 24 and a half. Close again. 26. Ah. They already have 31 wins. That is awesome. Okay. I'm, People could already that cash is, those tickets. 
Right. My that's my favorite story of the NBA year, probably. It is the success of the Kings. Because Lord knows the fans deserve it. <laughs> okay. Here's a good one. Washington Wizards. They won oh. forty three games last year. It's gonna be too high. I mean it was obviously way too high. Forty three and a half. Forty four and a half. Oh my god. And they are twenty four and thirty six right now. So they'd have to go twenty one and one the rest of the way to cover. Yeah, I think yeah, that maybe could happen mm. too. Wow. John Wall's <laughs> coming back too. <laughs> no, it's over. It's over for the Wizards. Talk about a franchise with no direction. All right, Cavs won fifty games last year. Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half. <laughs> Vegas ain't that mean. <laughs> Well, maybe they should have been. Nah, 30 and a half. What was 30 it? 30 and a half. Yours, yours, would have been, yours would have been better, honestly. Yours is going to be close. Way better. I mean, granted. 30 games? Yeah. How many games I are mean, left? granted, Kevin Love did miss like 40 games. So there's 20, 20, 20 to 22 about for each team. So 16 and 6 or whatever they'd have to go? Uh, not bad. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like just not. But the chances of that happening are zero. <laughs> yeah. okay. I honestly forgot that Kevin Love was on the Cavaliers until you just said that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I knew he was, but I hadn't thought about him in a long time. Caleb's putting up some numbers, kind of. He's playing. Yeah, he's back. Dude, I don't know if that's a me problem or if that's justified, but I have not paid enough attention. To the Cavaliers, I they scored think. 32 the other night, and they beat the Grizzlies. Oh, they've won three of four. Look out for the Cavs. Uh-oh, five and five in their last ten. <laughs> um, um, do you think – wait, wait, before we move on. Do you think – where do you think Kevin Love is at the beginning of next year? That's a good question. I mean, that's a loaded question. That's so hard. Because he still has, like, at least two years on that contract after this. You don't think anyone will trade for him? It's hard to find a destination that can match the money and it would make sense for Yeah, them. right? Like It'd have to be a team trying to go for it next year that's like missing one piece. Um, okay. Like a Brooklyn? I thought of a Brooklyn? <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be horrible. Maybe. That's probably – that's a pretty good one actually. Because they, they wouldn't be horrible, but I don't know if that's worth it. That's probably not worth it for them spending that money. Maybe the Lakers, if only one Max guy joins LeBron. That would be funny. I just thought of this. This is my favorite outcome. All right? Mm-hmm. He's part of a deal to the Pelicans for AD, and then Kevin Durant goes to Cleveland <laughs> and ruins LeBron's legacy by beating the Lakers in the title. Boom. Who do you- That's my official prediction. <laughs> For the 2020 season. If KD and Anthony Davis were ever on the same team, who do you think is alpha? Like, who do you think people – like, because people – everyone knows the Warriors are Steph's team. Like, everyone knows wherever LeBron is, it's LeBron's team. It's KD and Davis. Whose team do you think it would be? AD, because I don't think KD wants it. He wouldn't have gone to the Warriors if he wanted – He does want it. I think KD thinks the Warriors are, like, his team. And – and maybe now it makes them realize, yeah, after spending the spending the last few years, somehow being a Finals MVP in the lime in like the shadow of his teammate, maybe that's made him want it. So I'm not sure, but that would be hilarious, though. I would love to see that. Yeah, keep um, dreaming. 
I'll hit you. I'll 16. hit you with a couple more. Um, okay. Let me see. I had them. Where is it? Okay. Sorry. Um, Memphis won twenty-two games last year. Thirty-six and a half. Thirty-three and a half. You're pretty good at this. Oh, not bad. Twenty-three and yeah. thirty-eight. So they're trying very hard to not hit that. They probably won't, honestly. They traded. They traded their whole team out of the common. I feel like. And Jaron Jackson is out for yeah, a while. They're like gonna let him sit, you know, because it's like let's lose. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, talk about getting hurt in a meaningless game. I mean, they definitely should just shut him down, probably. Um, okay. The Clippers won forty-two games last year. Okay, I bet that Vegas disrespected the Clippers in the beginning of the year, and I'm going to say a pretty low number, 31 and a half. 36 and a half. You, ah. were, you were right that they were thinking low on them. Clippers are 33 yeah, and 28, so they got to win four games. See, I didn't bet on any of these, and I am super glad. <laughs> because I don't know if I would have hit any. I yeah. mean, what would you have the Pacers over under? Pacers. Let's see. Pacers is forty-seven and a half. That's a tough one. Although I guess. I mean, they'll probably they'll probably yeah, they could hit the oh over. God, they're already at forty wins. Yeah, they could still hit the over without Oladipo. Fifty wins? Are you kidding me? And I should say that I sh- I was too quick to jump ship on the Pacers, especially after watching last year's Celtics team who lost. Two stars, mm-hmm. and still managed to do a lot. So I should have known to not discount the Pacers so quickly. Yeah, they're um, legit. They're still looking good. That's a tough out in the playoffs. Absolutely. I like. I don't want to play in first round, which is what what the Celtics are kind of looking at right now. So right now, Celtics and Sixers would be the first round matchup. We're living with that. I guess. Bucks. I mean, but um, the Bucks. I don't know. Who do you think? Just do some rapid fire questions. Who's coming out of the East in the finals? I think the Bucks win the East. And who's gonna win the West? Uh, Warriors all day. Alrighty. And how many games do you think that series goes? And who do you think wins it? See, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks are like the one team in the East that can. So. They match up well. Length, say shooting. Warriors in five. Yeah, it's it's hard to get mad at any anything that involves the Warriors in five games because it's probably gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. Although Houston, then, Houston beat them again last night without Harden. Houston just matches up really well with them. I think. I think Capella gives them a lot of issues, and they got the defenders <laughs> to kind of hang with them. P.J. Tucker was D-ing up um, KD. Um, all right, and then um, end of the year awards. So maybe I'll ask you, who do you think should win? And then who do you think will James win? James Harden, James Harden, James Harden. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I agree that he should win. But I won't be surprised if Giannis wins the MVP. If the Bucks have one of the the best record in the NBA, all right. Let me see. Rockets are thirty four and twenty five. So if you'd have to go, you have to go what sixteen and seven to get fifty wins. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah, they can probably do that. So if they win 48 games, which is what Russ won two years ago when he won it with his triple-double average, then if they win 48 games, it should go to Harden. Yeah. I don't. I definitely don't disagree that Harden deserves dude, an MVP. Oh but I don't if think... they win, if they, if they, dude, it should just should just go to Harden. He's putting up thirty-seven <laughs> points a game. Yeah, hey, I'm with you, but we'll wait and see. Um, what do you think about most improved player? I think that's a that's a pretty easy one for me. Siakam. Yep. All that. Um, sixth man. Lou will. I'm on the Lou yeah, Will train. I, and I think that has to be Lou Will. Honestly, Marvin Bagley could be making a push for that, but I feel like that would never go to a rookie. Um, yeah. But yeah, Lou, Lou Will's the safe pick. And then you think um, Luca is still on track for the... Yeah, but, um, but this draft pass is loaded. Like Trey's good, Bagley's good, Jaron Jackson's good, Aiden's good, but it's Luca. yeah. Yeah, I think we've been... St- Oiled the last couple of years, um, as far as the draft classes have been concerned, in because I mean we got to see Tatum and Mitchell make just and Kuzma make significant impacts right away, and this year the same thing. Luca, Trey, DeAndre. Um, all right, so who do you think are the top three scores from the rookie class per game this year? Top three scores, Luca. Aiden and Trey. Oh, yep. But Trey is second now, actually. Okay. Putting up 17 and a half and eight. On pretty good splits. I mean, not great, but he's getting there. He, yeah, this He's no Luca, but, that. you know, he's, he's getting there. Oh, he's no Luca. Oh, my God. Um, he is no Luca, though. I don't think that was a good trade. You said you think it will go down as the worst trade in Hawks history. Dude. Luca's awesome. Trey Young is like Allen Iverson at best. Wow. I think he reminds me more of Steve Nash than Allen Iverson. Yeah, but he won't, like, I'm saying he won't never be an MVP like Steve Nash. Okay, did Steve Nash really deserve the MVP? One of them. (laughs) What did Kobe average that year? 36 a game? No, Kobe has never averaged as much as James Harden has, and Michael Jordan okay. has once. Kobe was definitely averaging thirty-five a game. Was that the oh yeah, four oh yeah, five? Yeah, season? yeah, like a thirty-five points a game season. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other debate, though. I don't know. I mean, Kobe, Kobe dropped more than once. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to tell me. No, he was he was thirty-five and a half points a game. And lost to Nash? Yep. What was Nash putting up? Um, Like 15. No, I have no idea. I don't Probably know like 15 and 15. <laughs> no, yeah, it was, it was like 15, 10, and 5. But that's when the voting actually might have been. Who was the most valuable player? And they didn't really even like, focus on stats as much then. Because think about where that Suns team would have been without Steve Nash. So, you know, maybe he did deserve it. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. If you're scoring 35 plus a night for your team and you are doing it pretty efficiently, I don't I don't know how you're not good. Like, that's yeah, I mean, bloody incredible. Like, take out Wilt Chamberlain, 
and only MJ has ever done better one time. Right, that's impressive. And Will is really an outlier because the centers were like six foot seven yeah, back then. He was picking on with the exception white guys. Right. And then when Bill Russell came to town, you know, he had a little more trouble. Smack him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have any final thoughts or anything? I don't I don't know, man. I'm just excited for everybody knows the season starts after the all star break. You know. I also said that after Christmas and Thanksgiving. So, you but this time I really mean it. <laughs> We've, uh, this is when the season really starts is after the All-Star break. So I'm interested to see how the playoff picture shakes out and how the lottery, the lottery picture shakes out. So give me, um, give me uh real quick, your favorite Jersey in the NBA. Okay. This is pretty stereotypical, but it's the Miami Vice one. Oh, dude, those are sweet. Yeah. I wanted the D-Wade one so badly. I looked it up when it came out, and it was sold out. I'm like, They were only out for like an hour and a half when I had checked, <laughs> and they had already been sold out. Yeah. Um, and who else am I going to buy a jersey from on the Heat? Like Justice Winslow. Hassan, dog, right? Okay. I would never buy a Winslow jersey. <laughs> never. Not that I don't like him, but I just wouldn't. I think the next player I would buy would be Bam Adebayo because it – his first name is Bam, and he's really fun. Not not old. Um, how about you? Okay, you got me there. The Game <laughs> Seven God, <laughs> Kelly Olynyk, who is not playing actually in Miami. Is that the uh, is that the greatest Game Seven performance of all time? I mean, I know people love to talk about this Jordan guy, but if you were watching that game, you know. That game is going down in the annals of Wasn't history. Wasn't that? He was off the bench, right? Yep, he had 27. Like, that has to be the best. Like, I meant, like, off the bench, obviously, like, game seven overall. No. Yeah, no, I know, I know. I was just mad. Dropped what? Like, 28? I'm trying to find this. Right Burying threes. 26 points. And it made it all. Off the bench. And it made it all the more better because Kelly Oubre was talking all that smack, but the way goofier Kelly came out on top. And you know, that's what we live for. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Kelly Olenek, though, that's rough. How about you? What's your favorite and least favorite oh, jersey? Least favorite, that's a tough one. Um, give me any Utah jersey. Oh my god, I'm sorry. No, you're fine, whatever. Interrupt me. What did you say? <laughs> I just scared the hell out of yeah, me. It's honestly no, why I reacted. No, no. That had me tripping too. Um, no, nah, any any Utah jersey. I love the uh, the Utah colorway, like the like orange, it. yellow, red. Radiant. Yeah, no, that that's fire, oh. dude. That is up there for my least that favorite jersey. Um, their yellow ones are yeah, sweet. Their purple ones are sweet. Ugh, Utah, any jersey they put on, big fan. And then worst jersey. Uh, those, there weren't many bad ones. Those light blue Kings ones, I guess. Yeah. It's just like... And those aren't even like... I mean, I'm just used to way worse jerseys. Like, Nike killed it this year. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I agree with that. It's just I hate the... Like, light blue for the Kings. Like, where where did that come from? I know. They just like... They're just trying to do yeah. something new. And it's and like, like, come on, man. Their for the night for it and it's just like pick pick a color scheme like what are you doing okay and then also in contention for my favorites 
is the Brooklyn Coogee jerseys to represent Biggie, like the Coogee sweater stripes going down the side, or the Purple Rain um, jerseys for the Timberwolves. Oh, I don't like those. To, um, I mean, it's more the sentimental yeah, value. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, the I know what they're doing with it. I just, I don't, I don't like, I don't like <laughs> the execution. Right. I mean, you're trying, but it didn't really do that great. And I think it's, I think it's pretty cool how the NBA, like, they are sinking their jerseys in their courts. Like, it looked so cool in Miami with like the black, turquoise, and pink, uh, pink court. Yeah. That was yeah, awesome. Totally. Alrighty, though. I think we exhausted, uh, all the topics we could speak on today. Okay. Any one last question? This one more. This, <laughs> this time next week, how are you going to be feeling on the Celts? I'm seeing they play the Raptors on Tuesday in Toronto. Okay. And so what else? What do they have after that? How do I think I'm feeling, or how, how, how will do you I be? Think feeling? you're going to be feeling. So they're at Toronto. Then on a back to back, they come back to Boston and host the Trailblazers. Then Friday, they have the Wizards at home, and Sunday, they have the Rockets at home. So those four games, let's say we talk next Sunday. How are you feeling after those four games, you think? Optimistic. Optimistic? I think the Celtics will win against the Raptors. In Toronto? And secure the season series. Wouldn't that be 3-1? Um... I, I believe it would. Would it really be? Oh, yeah, it would. And then they have, you said, the Blazers. Blazers at home the next night. Yeah, I think uh, I think they'll probably get that one, too. You know, I think they'll actually probably just go 22-0 and, and, you know, actually hit the over. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's um, I hope that I'll be feeling optimistic, but like I said, I'm just better off not predicting things at this point and just hoping – that they play some good basketball. Yeah, I hear you. Keep it positive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, as much as I can at this point because it is a struggle. <laughs> Alrighty, though. Well, I guess we'll be back next Sunday night. Uh, Alrighty. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Peace. Talk to you next week. <laughs>